25 down, 340 to go. My name is Chris. This is Out of Theater Near Me. This is the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. Uh, have kind of a jam-packed show today. I'm uh, going to give an update on the, the blizzard that's coming, the nor'easter. It's on its way. It's supposed to come here on Saturday. I thought I'd talk through some of the, I don't know, I guess initial game planning I'm doing for that to avoid uh, that snowstorm. Uh, also talk about the movies Matrix Resurrection and Licorice Pizza. Uh, one of those movies is the best uh, new movie I've seen during this journey. The best movie I've seen that came out in 2021. Uh, spoiler alert, it's, uh, it's not Matrix Resurrections, which was stupid. Um, and uh, talk about the expense, expense update, easy for me to say. Uh, and also talk about the schedule. I said I kind of wanted to get weird this week. Unfortunately, the blizzard might throw a wrench into that. But I want to kind of really avoid any really first run movies at all because we've, as I mentioned on the last episode, we've gone through so many of the top 20. I definitely want to hit some kind of weird or stranger, super independent movies. Uh, before we get into any of that, let's talk about Griffin Lock and Key. Griffin Lock and Key will work with you to achieve your security needs, whatever they may be. The average house in New England is over 50 years old. So make sure your security system is not Griffin Lock will help keep you up to date on the new technology, find out which solutions work best for you, whether it be smart locks, uh, those fancy ring doorbells, uh, digital safe locks are just some of the things that Griffin Lock can provide for you. So uh, if you need a high security lock installed, or maybe you just lost your keys, Griffin Lock is there to help. Uh, please give Brian a call for a free security consultation at 978 732-3241. That's 978-732-3241. Or just visit the website at www.griffinlock.com. That's www.griffinlock.com. Definitely throw that phone number into your phone though. You can, it never hurts to have a good locksmith in your back pocket. You never know when you need one. You might lock your keys out of your car, or your house, or what have you. Uh, give Brian a call. He's super friendly. He's come to my house. He's helped me out. And uh, and he's a, he's a great guy and he does great work. Can't beat it. No brainer. Griffin Lock and Key. Okay, let's talk snow. Okay, so it looks like <laughs> looks like we're gonna have a, a nor'easter. You know, we, we've been pretty lucky this this winter. I honestly, I mean, December was I know the end of December was a little rough. Honestly, this this January journey has been pretty easy uh, so far. You know, twenty five days in, we've only had I've only had one real snowstorm. I'm in New Hampshire. That's pretty. That's a pretty tame winter. Um, it, yeah, even hasn't been that cold. It's been I bit you know it hasn't been super mild, but it hasn't been that bad. But this storm sounds like it's gonna be a pretty serious one potentially two feet of snow. Looks like it's going to start late Friday, going to Saturday. Now, keep in mind, the storm hasn't even really been formed yet. So the idea of like a timeline or any sort of accumulations is completely, you know, it's, it's a guess. Enough weather people seem confident and there's enough different weather people that seem confident. That definitely has me a little frightened. So here's my two options, I think. Option A. I go to New York City. You know, the mentality there is, hey, the snow won't be as bad in New York as it's going to be in New Hampshire. Definitely going to still be seeing some accumulation, but the, you know, you'd be seeing obviously less in New York typically with these storms. Now, the other reason I picked New York City as opposed to say, you know, another city, you know, further south is typically in New York, things stay open. You know, because people can take the subways and things like that. I feel that it seems to be, at least back in the day, that New York pretty much stayed open no matter what. Having said that, that hasn't been the case the last few years. You know, New York is starting to close more and more. Uh, 
I don't want to get into politics with it, but you know, I don't know if the politics are getting softer or people are getting softer, or maybe it's just not worth the risk. Maybe they're smart to shut these things down, whatever it may be. Uh, they've been closing things more and more. Even back in 2016, they closed a lot of the theaters when they had uh, a, you know, a pretty big snowstorm hit. So between that and the fact that the theaters aren't doing big business and they've closed them all for COVID anyway, so it's not like closing a theater is a new or uh, strange thing in New York the last couple of years. I am starting to more and more to rule New York out, especially as I see the the map, uh, the tracker still seemingly ready to, to smack New York with a lot of New York City with a lot of snow. So plan B and plan B seems like the plan I'm kind of leaning more toward right now. And that's go West. So I, I was thinking Western Mass, but it looks like even Springfield is going to get hit hard with this. Uh, you know, it looks like not until you get to like Pittsfield Mass, do you have any sort of uh, break from, you know, six inches of snow or, or more. So maybe... <laughs> upstate New York is the best play. So uh, right now I'm looking at Syracuse. And I mean, the maps I'm seeing right now, Syracuse seems like it, you know, might get a, a one to three inches total, which those people are, are pretty hardy. Uh, there's also a lot of movie theaters, you know, a lot being relative, but there's quite a few movie theaters in the general Syracuse area. So even if one closes in Syracuse, it could maybe drive 30 miles west from even a hotel I'm staying at and hit a theater, uh, you know, a Saturday or Sunday, and they make my way up back home on Sunday. The plan right now is, and I can, I can pretty much stick to this, is Friday morning, I'm going to go see a matinee. I'm going to go see that, uh, sorry, it's that Tiger movie I talked about. The Tiger Rising with Queen Latifah, Dennis Quaid epic about a boy that finds a caged tiger. I talked about that the last episode. It's playing at 1120 at O'Neill Cinemas in Epping. Uh, I know O'Neill has been kind of the, the go-to for me. I've been trying to stay away from there for a bit. So I think the best play for me might be to, you know, see that, uh, that movie at 1120 and then, and then, and get out of Dodge, uh, and then, you know, start just heading West, I, I guess, uh, that is the idea right now. However, all of these things can change and probably will change once we get a better idea of accumulations, once we get a better idea for timetable right now, the fact that it's a snowstorm hitting on a Saturday, it's pretty convenient, I guess, for the sake of this project. Uh, you know, movie theaters have more, you know, typically more showings in the weekends. There's more options available. So the fact that it's, it's going to be on a weekend, I think is convenient for, you know, probably almost everybody. But, you know, obviously we'll kind of keep an eye on that. And then in theory, I'm back home on, you know, Sunday night and I'm able to tape an episode uh, there to kind of recount those travels uh, for Monday morning. But let's talk about the schedule at large, though, as far as, you know, I said, I kind of wanted to get weird this week. So the next time you hear this show, uh, I'll have covered Casablanca, um, which is, uh, that's the Turner Classic Movies does one movie a month, kind of give a, a little backstory in the movie. And it's like always a classic movie. And, you know, it plays uh, basically two different dates every month. Uh, the same movie. So this month is Casablanca. You know, I think December is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. There's a few other, obviously, movies mixed in there I can't think of right now. This month is, of course, Casablanca. So I'll be seeing that. And then on Thursday, I'll be seeing the movie Hive, which is about an Albanian family. Um, I'm seeing that uh, at the music hall uh, at 7 p.m. on Thursday. So that's the plan. And then I'm going to have Ned Snark on to talk mostly about Casablanca. Uh, he's a big movie history fan. He loves classic movies. So I definitely want to talk to him more about Casablanca, kind of what that movie means to him. He just saw it. He's in Florida. He just saw it himself. Uh, obviously, and I'm sure we'll also be talking quite a bit about the weather and the snowstorm as well. Maybe he'll have some questions for me about what my plans are going to be, which hopefully will be a bit more formed by that point. So I have a better idea of kind of what I'm doing. Uh, hopefully, uh, we're going to take that late Thursday. You guys will hear it Friday morning. 
Uh, okay, so as far as uh, expenses go, I know I've had this question pop up a couple of times. How expenses uh, have been working is I keep track of everything, whether it be movie tickets, concessions, tolls, and gas. So someone asked me, how do you figure gas when you figure out your expenses? What I do is I just go to Google Maps and I go from my house to wherever the theater is and double the mileage because you got to go there and come back. And then uh, every 300 miles, I have to fill up my car with gas. I have 10 gallons of gas in my car and uh, I've been keeping track of it that way. So, you know, every 300 miles, I basically have to add in, you know, say 32 bucks, whatever the price of gas is, uh, say it's 30, you know, 320 a gallon. So that's 32 bucks, you know, every 300 miles. So if as far as the Boston trip was concerned, I did not tack in the hotel for that because we were going on vacation regardless of this movie project. But I did add in the Uber charges I had to go to the theaters that I typically wouldn't have gone to. So anything that was kind of was above and beyond my typical stay away. Now for this, if I decided to go to Syracuse, all of those expenses would count toward this because I would not be going to Syracuse normally. Normally I would sort of obviously stayed home and just ridden out the storm like everybody else. So any extra money uh, counts toward the budget, which if I have to go to Syracuse would bust my budget for this month pretty, pretty badly. So right now I'm at, I've spent $717 over 25 days, which equates to about $28 and 68 cents a day. Uh, or if you equate that over a year, it's 10,468. My budget is 10,000. So I think by the end of the month, if I don't have to go away, I think I'll be in good shape because I've already paid for my AMC card for the month. I've already paid for my real card actually for three months. So I think I'd be in good shape, but you know, one night in a hotel or two nights in a hotel, it's, you know, could be 300 bucks. That's going to really, you know, that's, that's half the money I've spent so far on this trip, on this uh, journey combined. So that trip to Syracuse could really be uh, be problematic for sure for me. Uh, as far as one thing to save money on though, is Regal. I haven't talked about this enough. So Regal has kind of two different benefit packages, if you will. They have a, what they call the crown club and they have unlimited. Now I have the unlimited. I got that for three months. I think it was like $42 for three months because the first month was free. Uh, but the crown club, I believe is a free Anyone can have the crown club in order to pay a dime for it. And it's, like a, it's a basically a rewards program. So you earn one credit for every penny you spend. So a hundred credits for every dollar, obviously on tickets and concessions. And then once you've reached enough credits, then you get free things like a small popcorn or a soda or movie tickets, or if you know, save up enough credits, even things that are nicer than that, like a t-shirt or a hat or some other shit. But I guess, the, uh, the, you know, the real benefit there is probably the popcorn and soda, the movie tickets. One thing I do want to bring up though, is they also give you a free small popcorn on your birthday. But like, I don't know, and who, you know, not many people go to movies in their, on their birthday, but that doesn't mean it's null and void. So it's actually good for three months. So I just use my free popcorn. My birthday is in November, but I used my free popcorn, uh, uh, just yesterday, uh, we were hearing this two days ago when I went to the Regal Concord and saw Matrix Resurrections. So just keep in mind that if you have that, you know, Regal Crown Club and you've, you know, gotten that birthday, that's, you still get a small popcorn. I will say Regal is pretty good. They'll let you know what you're eligible for. Typically when you go in and buy a ticket or even when you go to concessions, you don't, sometimes you don't have to ask. They'll let you know, be like, Hey, you have a free, you know, so-and-so. So just be aware, uh, that, you know, there's some free stuff out there. Take advantage of it. Why not? Uh, and then the unlimited obviously is a, is a whole is, you know, that's, that's just the movie tickets. Uh, and I think you also get 10% off of concessions. If you have that, I keep teasing this schedule. I have yet to kind of go over it with you guys. So we have Casablanca and hive, uh, and then it looks like the tiger rising. I'm not going to talk about Saturday or Sunday yet because I don't know. I have them actually blank right now in my, in my, uh, in my spreadsheet here. One thing to, to note is the, the regal, uh, Newington, which is probably the biggest theater that's close to me. It's one of the two 
O'Neill is very close to me, but so is that Regal uh, in Newington. They don't announce their movie times until Wednesday, which kind of sucks because everybody else announces on Tuesday. So everything is kind of tentative. I mean, for a number of reasons, including the weather. But you know, that, with them not having announced it, but here's what I have the game plan for uh, Monday to Thursday of next week. Uh, let's say Belfast is playing at the AMC Methuen on, on Monday. Tuesday, I might go into Boston Common again and see Dune. So Dune came out on HBO Max, came out in the theaters. That was, you know, back in the fall. That's being re-released on IMAX. So I haven't been to the IMAX of the Boston Common. I haven't been to any IMAX at all for this journey. So I'd like to check that out. And then the fact that I'm able to see Dune, which is a movie that I thought was long gone in theaters, I think is, is a bonus there. Plus, it looks like that there's some rumors that might get a Best Picture nomination. Those rumors have been dampered a bit in the last month or so, but there's still like a dark horse that could get a lot of nominations. So I, I might want to see that anyway. Uh, and then a movie called Jockey is, uh, it's about a, about a jockey. Um, it's not a documentary. It's a, it's a fiction film, uh, full length. Um, and I, I don't know much about it at all, uh, but that's playing in uh, the landmark Kendall Square. And then a movie called Clean with Adrian Brody. Uh, Adrian Brody has had such an odd career. Uh, you know, he won the Oscar early on in his career and, you, you know, few guys, few actors win the Oscar that young as an adult, not a child actor, but as an adult, and then just go on to have, I mean, talk about a, a bust career. I mean, when you consider he won an Oscar, and you consider he's a pretty good actor. I mean, other than doing some Wes Anderson movies, he hasn't done much at all in the last 20 years. Uh, so definitely a underwhelming career from him, but maybe he, this movie clean, well, it doesn't look like anything that's that particularly great. Uh, that's playing at the music hall in Portsmouth. Uh, so the good news is, you know, Belfast, Dune, Jockey, Clean, uh, Hive, Casablanca, those are none of those movies are you know would be called first run by any stretch. And then the Tiger Rising, uh, you know, I said that wasn't even that's not even on the box office report for whatever reason uh, that we talked about last last episode. So I think I'm actually in pretty decent shape as far as those movies are concerned. But who knows what Saturday and Sunday will deliver? Who knows where I'll be? I know uh, some people are like, why don't you see first run movies? Why don't you go see Spider Man when it comes out? Why don't you see this movie right away? Well, big reason I don't is for things like this. So like if I'm in a snowstorm situation, I'm going to want as many options available as possible. And every single theater is playing uh, Sing 2. Every single theater is playing Spider-Man. Every single theater is playing Scream. As long as I can hold off seeing some of those big box office movies as long as I can, I'll have a lot more options, whether it be something, a theater that's close to me or just as times that might work out, whatever I may need from a convenience point of view, I'm going to have a lot more flexibility. So that's, that's really the biggest reason I don't see those kind of newer movies, especially at this stage in the game. And I don't see me, I, honestly, the more I do this project, the less I see myself wandering off that philosophy. Okay, let's talk about a podcast I think you guys should give a listen to, Local Fatsos. They ask, are you a slovenly fool living from meal to meal with no other hope or meaning? Have you noticed the 1% are silently directing governments around the world to incrementally increase their authority and power, but you have no idea what to do about it? Do you slobber around in your own filth while guys honk at your wife walking around in yoga pants? If you've given up in all facets, the Local Fatso's podcast has you covered. Two fat idiots talk pop culture, global political trends, and football. With guests like Tom Shattuck, Matt Carano, Dave Cullinane, I've been on this show. Uh, the guests will keep you apprised of everything happening in the entire world. Subscribe now wherever podcasts are found. It's that's local fatsos. Uh, they have a fun show. I check them out. Subscribe. Give a listen. They're good guys. Movie reviews. 
Uh, Matrix Resurrections and Licorice Pizza. Uh, Matrix Resurrections is not a good movie. Uh, this is, in fact, the third worst movie I've covered on this journey. I want to do something right off the bat real quick here that I don't I don't like doing. I don't do typically. I want to change my review of one of the movies I talked about. I know someone's keeping track of this, so uh, for accuracy's sake, uh, Kingsman, I think I gave that a D. I should give that a D+. Plus. It's not a D. It's a D+. Plus. So a little bump up for that. Uh, having said that, Matrix Resurrections is also a D plus, but it's a worse D plus than Kingsman. Matrix Resurrections is uh, is a total mess. Uh, this is very meta. So the first act of the movie is all about how Keanu Reeves is playing, I guess, that same character, that Neo, but he's playing kind of the confused Neo, you know, when he doesn't know he's the Matrix man yet. And it's all just meta in joke. So the the premise is he, he was a video game designer and the first three Matrix movies were uh, that you may have watched were his video game design. Uh, so it's all of these inside jokes about Matrix and what it means, the Matrix means and and it's all this like, it's very nerd humor, very self-referential. Keanu Reeves does a really good job in this movie actually. He's perfect for this movie. He's, I saw the first Matrix, I didn't really like it. I didn't see the other two. Uh, but I think he's a, he's a great actor for this because he's confused almost all the time, which so is, I think, so is I in the audience. I'm guessing a lot of people watching this are. Uh, but he also is like a kind soul, so you root for him. So even though he's kind of perplexed and walking around half emotionless and half just kind of baffled, you can't help but root for him because Keanu Reeves is a really likable actor. And he has, you just, you can, I mean, maybe he's, pulling the wool over all of our eyes, but he just seems like a good guy. I know he donated his salary to this, to charity. Uh, he just seems like a good person. And then Carrie Ann Moss is very good in this as well. Incredibly grounded actress. She's very cold. She, of course, is in Memento. Very cool, but very intelligent actress. And her and Keanu have a pretty good chemistry, uh, considering what this movie is. And they seem to like, like each other. Like, I don't know if I by their love interest, but they seem to be like two coworkers that really respect each other and are doing the best they can with this shabby plot. Everything else about this is, is, is not good. The special effects are not great. And it's funny when you take away kind of the amazing special effects that Matrix One had, now it's they're commonplace. There's not much there. There's not much movie there. Uh, these aren't particularly good. Uh, and like Jada Pinkett Smith is in this movie. She plays a, an old version of the character she played in the Matrix and it is laughable. It is a ridiculous character. There's not a lot here. It's strange. There's no Lawrence Fishburne. They have another actor playing that Morpheus role. So, you know, in some places you have the same actor and then other times the, the, the actor that was Agent Smith is a different actor here. So sometimes it's different actors. So that kind of takes away from some of the fun of these reboots, if you will. It's, you know, it's one thing to go to a reboot. Oh, look, these reboots and remakes, I'm already tired. You know, I'm, we're in January. I'm already exhausted with them. It's not good filmmaking. It's not good storytelling. But, you know, it's one thing to go to one of these things and like, all right, I'm kind of along for the ride. We'll, we'll try this out here for nostalgia's sake. It's only when they keep reminding you that you're, hey, just remember, you're watching a reboot just in case you forgot that, you know, this is a, you know, kind of a sideways sequel to something you've already seen. It's like, all right, we get it. You know, Lana Wachowski directed this, wrote it. You know, she did the initial one uh, with her, her sibling. Other than the first Matrix, a lot of these movies are not well received. I haven't seen a lot of them, I will admit. Uh, you know, whether it be Speed Racer or Cloud Atlas or Jupiter Ascending, you know, the other Matrix movies besides the first one. You know, sometimes you just have that one great idea, that one great moment, and and that's all you got. I know the guy that wrote uh, Gross Point Blank. I think Gross Point Blank is one of the the better comedies of the 90s. I think that's a good, good movie, a really good movie, uh, a genuinely 
strong movie, borderline great. And the guy that wrote that, that was just one idea he had. And you know, he had one great idea and they wrote it and just didn't have a lot of other great ideas. And, and that, that the one idea is enough. And the stuff the first Matrix did from a special effects standpoint, it was really interesting and, and really creative. Uh, so that's great. This movie is, is a miss for me. Uh, stay away. I said the third worst movie uh, I've covered so far. I guess the worst one would be Venom by far. This is a little better than 355, but probably no more creative, I guess. Although it's probably more creative. It's a different world. 355 was just so, I mean, just definition of the word bland. All right, licorice pizza. So this is the best movie so far of 2021 that I've seen. This is the most fun I've had watching a movie since 2019. You know, when we had some amazing movies, you know, I don't know if I'd say 1917 was fun, but it was on the edge of my seat. But certainly Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is about as fun as you're going to have at a movie theater or watching a movie at home even. Uh, this movie is is a lot of fun. You can't help but like these characters. It is meandering. It does. It's more of a, it's a movie about kind of connecting stories. It's not a true plot. It's definitely kind of your typical, in some regards, typical coming of age story. When I say typical, I mean, it doesn't have a plot. It's atypical in a lot of ways though, especially how it ends. It's just fun. It's just a good time. You know, when we talk about the great movies of 2020 or the borderline great movies, I don't think it was any great movie of 2020, but Sound of Metal and The Father were borderline great movies. Those are both A minus movies for me. They're just, you know, just either just in my top 100 all time or just out. They're just kind of on that fringe, but those are both very depressing movies. Um, uh, that doesn't mean they're bad. It's, they're both, I enjoy, no, they're both very good movies. I recommend them heavily. The Father, Sound of Metal, both fantastic films. Watch them. But Licorice Pizza is fun. And sometimes it's okay to have a good time the movies. I feel like the movies last year, even the movies that weren't good, uh, you know, that were nominated, like, you know, Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom, that wasn't a particularly fun, you know, other movies were also like uh, Nomadland was a drag. That was, that was so depressing to watch. I felt like all of the nominated movies last year were really depressing. And so far, the movies I've seen this year haven't been super uplifting either. I mean, Parallel Mothers, that's a stressful traumatic movie. Nightmare and Alley is pitch black. They're both very good movies. House of Gucci is just kind of a wild mess. I guess I'd say that was fun to some extent, but when you walk out of the theater though, you're not, you're not having a great time. Uh, you know, so I mean, you know, last night in Soho is becomes a horror movie. So I don't know if I'd say that is a, a fun movie. Come on, come on is, is very entertaining to some extent, but it's also is equally uh, pretentious uh, and is melancholy at times, maybe too much. But Licorice Pizza is actually just an enjoyable time at the movie theaters, which I almost forgot that you could have. The cast is fantastic. Uh, Philip Schumer Hoffman's son, Cooper, is very good. He's a very talented actor. He doesn't do too much. Uh, I was really impressed. I thought James Gandolfini's son did a nice job at Many Saints in Newark, but Cooper Hoffman appears to be a, a, a better actor. I mean, then again, when you're in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, maybe it's easier to, to give a better performance than The Many Saints of Newark, which was kind of a train wreck. Alana Heim, I really enjoyed the band Heim. I love the fact that the sisters played themselves. I think they do great music. And I think Alana Heim was fantastic in this movie. I thought she was, in a, in a role that actually is pretty difficult to play. She played it so honestly. I, you know, I, I'm really excited to see both Hoffman and Alana Heim in movies with different directors and seeing if this was a, was this a magic act that Paul Thomas Anderson pulled off or did he just have work with really talented people? There's two cameos in this movie that or in the second half of the movie. One is by Sean Penn. That scene, this, the stuff with Sean Penn is the worst stuff in the movie to me. Uh, and then Bradley Cooper and the stuff with Bradley Cooper is probably 
among the best in the movie. Uh, it's certainly the most exciting part of the movie. Uh, Bradley Cooper is one of the best actors working right now. He's and he, and he doesn't, you know, whether it be Nightmare Alley or a small part in this, he can do funny. This is like a, uh, he's playing the producer, John Peters, who's a real person and, and playing him in a very uh, negative light, which is odd. I, I enjoy it, but I was surprised to see it, but it was, um, he, he's, he's really good. Uh, but the really, I mean, no, this is really Alana Himes, really Alana Himes movie. And then Cooper Hoffman though is, is just, just great. And the rest of the cast is so good. You know, Think about Paul Thomas Anderson's last movie, which is Phantom Thread, and that's a movie I really enjoyed. But that movie is meticulous. Daniel Day-Lewis, um, you know, everything about that movie is so refined and sophisticated. And this movie is kind of a sloppy mess, especially in comparison. It's funny, like Phantom Thread is like the anti-licorice pizza. Uh, I can't believe it's the same director doing these two movies. But I did enjoy both movies quite a bit. I, I think I gave Phantom Thread like a B plus. I give this, I think I A minus. I think I just enjoy this more because it's a little bit more fun. Uh, but both movies are fantastic. Phantom Thread is probably is a better work of art, especially when you consider just the costuming and the performances and the character study it's showing is absolutely fantastic. But I enjoyed this more. I'd be lying if I said otherwise. Um, so definitely, if you have a chance, check out Licorice Pizza. It's like I said, it's the, you know, obviously Back to the Future is the best movie I've seen on this journey so far. But I mean, look, among newer movies, though, this is uh, the best movie. It's going to give us an A minus is the first uh, besides Back to the Future is the first A grade I've given out. Uh, on this journey here. Hopefully, hopefully won't be the last for a while. I mean, Christ, you know, I've seen 25 movies. Only two of them I'd rank as minimally great. But then again, I, I would say I've liked most movies I've seen. So I guess I can't complain too much. You're going to see a lot. You know, I'm sure I'm sure I'll see more stinkers than anything else down the road. Uh, but Licorice Pizza, check it out. Very good movie. Back on Friday, uh, we're talking Casablanca, uh, talking about the movie The Hive. Uh, it's the movie about the Albanian family. Uh, we'll have Ned Snark on. Ned will at least have seen Casablanca. I know that. I think he's already seen it. Actually, saw it a couple of days ago already uh, at a theater uh, near him in Florida. Uh, but we'll also I'll also be giving an update on the the nor'easter that's on its way here. Hopefully, have an update kind of what my game plan is going to be. If I'm going to New York City, am I going to Syracuse? Is is the storm? that point just a huge bust and we don't need to worry about it uh who knows but we're back on friday because we're back on schedule and i'll talk to you folks then